Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today, we are talking about what's happening in the world of senior housing. But first, a thank you to our sponsor. International Coffee Farms grows and sells specialty coffee based in Boquete, Panama, where they operate 10 specialty coffee farms. These farms are divided into half-acre parcels that can be purchased for as little as $18,000. The idea of a diversified offshore investment sounds intriguing to you. Check out internationalcoffeefarms.com. That's internationalcoffeefarms.com. We are back and we're talking about what's happening in the world of senior housing. There's a report issued this week. The National Institute for Senior Housing and Care reported that nationwide senior housing occupancy has reached the lowest level in over eight years. Occupancy at U.S. senior homes averaged 87.9% in the second quarter of this year, dropping 0.4 percentage points from the first quarter and 0.8 percentage points from the same time last year. Occupancy is a function of both supply and demand, and demand is growing as our population is aging problem is that the supply is growing far faster than the demand, in particular in many primary markets. The senior markets divided into two major segments, independent living and assisted living, and the numbers are slightly stronger for independent living than for assisted living. The occupancy rate at independent living communities in the second quarter averaged 90.2%, a drop of 0.1 percentage points from the previous quarter and 0.4 percentage points from the same period last year. The occupancy rate for assisted living, on the other hand, is much lower. It's averaging 85.2% nationwide in the second quarter, a drop of 0.6% from the first quarter, as well as being the lowest level for assisted living ever since the industry started collecting data back in 2005. Senior housing construction starts within the 31 primary markets, totaled a little over 4,000 units and they were split roughly 50-50 between independent living and assisted living. And although the annual absorption has been a solid 2.4% during the last 10 quarters, the total number of senior housing units absorbed only amounts to 63% of the inventory growth. So for every 10 units being built, 6.3 are being occupied, the rest are remaining vacant. So we see that the industry has gotten well ahead of the market here. So what does it mean? A lot of operators have been building in anticipation of the baby boomers. And given the lucrative nature of the business, you definitely want to build ahead of the curve so as to capture market share. But honestly, 85% occupancy is not a good number. Some of these businesses that are newly open are going to be taking a long time to achieve break-even. Unless they're part of a much larger portfolio where they can be subsidized by other properties in the portfolio, they risk losing money for a long time and potentially even insolvency. Remember, these are market averages. It means that if 85% is the average, some buildings are going to be nearly full, while others are going to be operating far below 85%. And here's the fundamental problem. The average age of someone entering assisted living is 85 years old. The baby boomers are not 85 yet. It's another 15 years to go. That's a long time to wait for a demographic shift to hit. Building capacity 15 years too soon is, well, just far too soon. So really the question is, are all markets overbuilt? Now, in our specific analysis, the answer is no. Some primary markets are definitely overbuilt. And we've seen a shortage of investment in a few primary markets, specifically in the suburbs of certain major cities. 
we also see a shortage in many secondary and tertiary markets. That doesn't mean that all markets that are underserviced are a good investment. You want to invest in a community that has sufficient wealth to afford assisted living. You need considerable net worth for the elderly people and you need sufficient household income for the children because in many cases, assisted living is being funded by the children who are still in the workforce. Note that when parents are in their 80s, their children are usually in their 50s. They need to be mindful of saving for their own retirement, which is not that far away. It can also be that there's a need for specialty care homes. These include memory care, certain physical needs like Parkinson's patients. There's also need within certain specific ethnic communities where maybe cooking traditions are different from the typical American diet. We ourselves are investing in assisted living, but doing so very selectively. We're very much aware that many markets are overbuilt. So we're seeking out those underservice market opportunities that have been ignored by the larger national players. And we're sometimes doing this by good old-fashioned boots-on-the-ground market analysis. That includes physically inspecting the existing inventory in the market and determining where a gap exists. We're not relying on the national or even the regional market data. Real estate is far more local than that. It's hyper-local, and so too is senior housing. It's always important to pay very close attention to the local market data, find out where the real supply-demand imbalances, and only when the numbers make sense, then and only then do you consider investing. you got to perform due diligence on a specific deal, on the players involved, and on the local market. you got to perform due diligence on all three. So as you're thinking about that, contemplating a potential investment in senior housing, have a spectacular day. Make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.